You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. I am never unimpressed with the Sexy Marriage Radio Nation. I was about to say, don't use the word never, but that one fits quite nicely. <laughs> yes, that's true, because never always, uh, those are igniters right? In, in marriage and relationships in any kind of conflict, because it just increases the magnitude of whatever it is that's going on between you. But no, I have always been impressed. Look at that. I'm using them both sides now with the Mar- Sexy Marriage Radio Nation, because yes. they continually are involved by just listening. Yeah. Emailing, calling, leaving comments, leaving reviews. Even when the reviews aren't great, they still are speaking up. Yeah. And that's the things we want to hear is just what's going on with people. We want people to be intentional about life and to speak up when they want something or need something and speak up when they like something. So to the Sexy Marriage Radio Nation, which is everyone that's listening to this, Uh not just people that have signed up and are part of a membership, but if you're listening to the show, you're part of the nation. That's right. We say welcome to you, and we're glad that you found us, and we want to hear from you. 214-702-9565 is how you let us know what question's on your mind, because we are trying to set up an area where if you got a question and you're not sure where you can ask it, this is the place. Yes. Because we will be honest, we'll be upfront. We'll give you good information, and if we don't know the information, we'll go find it, and it might be on the air or it might be off the air because we'll email you back with your questions. Mm-hmm. But we want to know what's going on. You can also send us emails, feedback at sexymergeradio.com. And as was mentioned before, jump on iTunes, leave a review, tell us what you think, give, leave a comment, help spread the word. Same thing if you listen via another means. We want to spread the word that married sex is the hotbed for sex. And one of the ways this also happens is one of the resources we have that I've been doing for years now is the the Man of His Word Mastermind Groups. And if you're interested, signups are going on now. We're beginning the whole process of new groups forming. Mm -hmm. And the way you let me know is you're interested in that is you send me an email, corey at smrnation.com. That's C-O-R-E-Y at smrnation.com. Tell me you're interested and I'll give you the next steps because it's six months that can radically change your life and your marriage and your legacy. So coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio, a couple of your questions and our answers on one of them, but on the second one, I've got a second opinion with Jessa Zimmerman is joining me me to go through um, a a desire discrepancy that's Mm -hmm. going on in a married couple that she called in. Okay. And so she's got a great view that's very, very similar, but just enough different than me. And so she's going to help me out with a second opinion for that segment. And then on the extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio, which is about twice as long and a little bit deeper on the topic, and plus there's no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com. You can listen to a more in-depth conversation that I had with Dr. Jess, with Jessa Zimmerman about the higher desire, lower desire dilemma that happens in marriage. Okay. Because it affects us all. It does. And In every aspect of marriage, not just sex. <laughs> Absolutely, it does. So all that's coming up on today's show. So here's an email that came in, Pam, a while back from right. a husband that was making some observations about episode 411. And that was the whole subject of talking 
was the title of that episode. Right. And so he's saying that uh, this is specifically in regards to the first caller asking for resources on how to get his wife interested in talking about all things sexual. So first off, thanks for the great show. I've been a regular listener since the second year when Gina was on. I've been one of those higher desire husbands that always hoped to talk more about sex and how to improve our marriage. To me, the desire to improve wasn't a commentary on how bad things were. I just always had this outlook that on life, no matter how good things are, you can always aim for even greater and have more fun doing it. Okay. Which is a great... Good let's, perspective. Let's keep this whole thing yeah, going. Yeah, great outlook. So yes, a few times I've suggested or sent my wife podcasts, blog articles, or books that suggestions that I thought would help. And usually this backfired significantly, sometimes in quite hurtful ways. But I took your advice on being myself and doing what was life-giving to me, listening to yours and a few other shows like yours, even though she disliked most, most of them. And usually any attempt to talk through this would end up in a difference of opinion or full-out argument. While I even continued to do what was life-giving to me in terms of looking for resources and getting into arguments, but this still continued. The cycle seemed to ruin him a lot. Okay? So Wait, we've this, always... The cycle the cycle ruined of, him? The cycle of, having, of arguing over these things. Okay. Right? Yeah. That he's wanting yeah. to move forward and propel it. It ends up in an argument, and it, this whole cycle is just really worn him down. Yeah, yeah. So we've always said, and Pam so clearly supported this idea in episode 411, that if we lead by example, eventually the partner will follow. So I took that advice, and I think I followed it well. And it's worked quite well, too. She's become much more interested over the years in the subject. She's actually listened to some of the shows, says it's improved. The show has, especially since you've joined Pam. Okay. So here's the thing. Having been made to feel rather perverted for almost a decade for my interest in listening to or reading about the subject of sex and marriage even to the point of comparing its effect on me to those that porn would have, not only by her, but by our marriage counselor at the time, and for being criticized for having podcasts on my phones like ours and a few similar ones and marriage blogs that talk about the subject and being guilted and shamed for kids possibly seeing these things on my phone, it's really taken away my desire to engage her with this subject. She asked me sometimes if there's any good shows, but to me, this sounds more like de- detective work than genuine interest because he's skewed Yeah. On, on the way she's reading, even when she's genuinely could be interested, possibly. It sounds like his positive filter is kind of getting clogged up. It needs to get cleaned out. Maybe so. So I honestly have a little, des- little desire to share any of what I've listened to, unless it's just something funny or critical that I know she'll agree with. Oh, how I wish she would have been more open this years like this years ago. I enjoy her openness now. And it makes for a much more relaxed and enjoyable relationship. I just find that I don't desire it all that much anymore, including sex. It's not that I dislike it. I just rarely desire it or get excited about it. All of this makes me wonder where I or we went wrong in navigating our differences. Oh, that breaks my heart because it sound, you got this desire and now she's kind of moving. But he's been. it sounds like he's just been burned so much. Right. He's got all these scars that are sitting there from all the, the pain of being made to feel like he's doing something bad. Yes. And that's, that, that stings deeply. I don't know if people recognize that, that, that there's a component. This is some of what we talk about uh, in the extended content with, with Jesse Zimmerman on the burden of the higher desire and the burden of the lower desire, that it's miserable for both at times. Yeah. Right? It's, neither one is more clean or genuine or pure. And so there's a component of 
when one person is wanting something that is in line with what they want, but totally not in line and discomforting to the other, and we can react to that with criticism, um, degradation, you know, some things that can be really hurtful. Yeah. It really can sting on a real deep level. Yeah. It leaves scars and uh, emotional, mental scars. And so he's saying that this is some of the stuff I see a lot in people that when I actually get what I'm looking for, it's not as good as what I hoped for because of the pain associated with getting it. Right. And I can totally see how that, I can totally see how that happens. Do you, do we also have some too of maybe now that I've got it, it's not as sweet as what I thought it would be. Could be. Um, you know, I guess there could I've be I've arrived a in the promised of, land and it's not the promised land that I thought it would be. Uh, yeah, I guess there, there could be some of that, but I mean, clearly he's got many instances of showing the the pain. Yeah. And, and knocking what I, him down. Right. What I hear most, there's, there's two things that come to my mind with this email, Pam. Okay. Is one is just, uh, we've got to interject the possibility that what else has gone on in your own life in the last, I mean, the show's been around for seven and a half years. Mm-hmm. If he came on board when Gina was around two years in, there's six years at least mm-hmm. with this. So what's gone on in your life as far as aging, as far as diminishment of, of flavors of life anyway, because midlife crises hit and things that used to spark us don't feel the same. I mean, I, I look at my life from 42 to 48, where yeah. I am now, that it's a different flavor than what it was when I was 42. Basketball was fun, and all I, I, I would rearrange everything for the lunchtime ball that we would play mm-hmm. that I, with the same group of guys I've been playing with for years and years and years. Now it's not as much of a priority because some of the fun is not the same. Yeah. Right? And some of it is just because my legs feel different and hurt. <laughs> and, you know, my knee does. Oh, ow. Okay. You know, that's going to hurt forever. Right. And so there's a component of us that we have to, cr- you know, confront our mortality in that some of the meaning I associated with sex changes. Right. As we get older. Some of it is because physically I've changed. Right. Some of it is because my partner has changed. The dynamic has changed. And so I've got to recognize what's my lens, what's my litmus test is one mm-hmm. of just seeing it as, okay, some of that could be a percentage of what's going on here that where he's talking about, I just don't desire it like I used to. Mm-hmm. Some of that just be good because we'll welcome to six years later. Right. Life changes. <laughs> With the stressors that are else that are And that's also normal added. and it's okay. Absolutely it is. And so it's redefining normal. Right. Is what you need to do. And then the second thing is, it just sounds like, and this is the stuff he's alluding to, it sounds like, He's got some wounding that he's not that's not been healed. It's not been addressed. Maybe it's not been held to account yet. Uh, so we're maybe we're talking the the last question he has here makes me think some of it could be kind of crying over spilled milk. Some of it, yes, I think that's another thing. What I could see we a have done of. differently? What could we have done differently? And we spend so much time thinking about the past and how could we could have been in such a better spot today. 
But you know what? We can't do anything about the past. All we can do is deal with what we have today and what we have moving forward, and let's make it better. Don't forget history. Right. Right? That's why we have history classes. We teach our kids about... That's why about, we have rearview mirrors. We have rearview mirrors. We teach our kids about history, about how things happen and why they happen, so that hopefully we don't recreate that. Yep. Um, but it's it's funny because even in our textbooks, sometimes real history isn't what's in the book, right? <laughs> what we remember could be a tainted version of what the past was. Yes. So we, uh, the perspective that we have of today and what the future can hold, um, goes a really long way. Right. And so let's let's kind of end this segment. There's two different. Um, stories that come to mind from two different books okay. that I think apply to this because it's the, the landing on the crying over spilled milk is a human phenomenon mm-hmm. that we have a lot of time where, man, I'm too focused on what it took to actually get to where I wanted to be rather than I, we arrived. Yeah. We're at a really good spot. And now my focus on the past is really diminishing my current. Yeah. And one story comes from uh, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance is the name of the book. Okay. Read this in grad school. Um, And there's just a component, a little story in there from the author that he went over to a monastery in Tibet that every year the entire monastery, or it could be every month, I don't remember all the details specifically, but they climb a mountain that this monastery sits at the foot of. Okay. So it's a well-worn ridge path all the way to the top. It takes all day to do it. Okay. And so he went over, spent some time at this with this monastery, and during that time they were cl- they climbed, and so he climbed with them. And it's one of those climbs. I don't know if any of you in the Sexy Marriage Radio Nation that are uh, outdoor mountain people, but it's one of those climbs that you're climbing it, and most of the time you can see the summit. And to some people, that's a freeing. Oh, I like those, and some hate them. I'm the one. I'm in the camp. I don't like those because. You could climb and climb and climb and all the work, and you look at it and go, I'm no closer. I'm, when am I ever going to get there, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can see where you're trying to go. Yeah. And so it's a miserable climb for this guy, the author. Okay. Yet he's looking around at the monks climbing beside him, and they have just this blissful look mm-hmm. on their face. Mm-hmm. And so after the whole climb's over and they get back down and they're, he's kind of debriefing and he, he goes to a couple of them and he says, what's the difference? That whole thing was horrible. And it wasn't that he's out of shape, right? He had prepared for this. Okay. But this thing, I think was horrible. What, what is it? And one monk replied to him was said, you were so focused on the top. You didn't even realize what was going on with your step or something to that mm-hmm. effect. Right. Whereas these monks Enjoy the journey. were just focused on what was the next step, what was going on right beside them, mm-hmm. which then dovetails into one of my favorite little parables which is found in the book Ragamuffin Gospel by Brendan Manning. Yeah. Great read for yeah. anybody that wants a really fabulous look at the whole concept of grace. Yeah. But in it, he tells a story of another monk, and this is a parable, that was out on his uh, meditative walk, and he was doing it through the jungle, so he's having to carve a path mm-hmm. through the weeds and the, the limbs and the branches. And he clears a path, and on the other side of this limb is a Bengal tiger that looks like he hasn't eaten in quite a while, but yet has just found his next meal. Mm-hmm. And so this monk, being a sane gentleman, immediately takes off running. He's hacking his way, trying to get away from the tiger as fast as he can. And he clears one of the limbs, and he notices he's at the top of this 500-foot cliff, 
And he looks down and he sees these jagged rocks and he looks behind him and he sees this Bengal tiger coming and he looks to the side and he sees this vine going down the side of the cliff. So he grabs it and shimmies his way down out of the reach of the vine or out of the reach of the tiger. Right? Right. So along that same time, two little mice come climbing out onto the vine and start gnawing away at the vine. And so he looks up and he sees the tiger and he looks down and he sees the rocks that are his near future and he looks to the side of the cliff and he sees this little patch of strawberries growing out of the cliff and he goes, oh, strawberry. And he eats the strawberry as if nothing else was going on. Moral of said story and parable is, we can get so caught up in our past, the tiger, or so caught up in the future, the rocks, that we miss the little blessings life's giving us right then and there. The strawberries. The strawberries. So you and I have the phrase we've used mm-hmm. throughout a lot of our marriage since reading yeah. that book of... Enjoy the strawberries. Enjoy them, man. Which is just a marker of be aware of what's going on right now. Doesn't mean past or future don't matter, but where's your focus? And sometimes it's not that you can, you're, you're going to get caught up. This is to the email. You're going to get caught up in, yeah, it was an arduous task to get to the point where your wife is as open as she is now. It was a lot of work and a lot of pain that went on with it. But look at where you've arrived. Mm-hmm. honor that. And then if there's some unfinished business that needs to be brought up on, baby, I don't know if some of what you've said way back and some of what our counselor said, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know how much that really did hurt. Mm-hmm. And sometimes just claiming that, not that she can make up for it, but your claiming of it helps heal it. Hi, um, I had a question about, uh, so my husband, we, I would say We've been married for three years, and um, I would say that our sex life is not as enjoyable, I guess, as it could be. We probably have sex once, maybe twice a week, but we have also gone, you know, up to three weeks without. Some of my issues with it is, um, I guess, the way that things happen, and so one of my big issues is that when he may be stimulating me perfectly, um, he, once he sees that I'm enjoying that, he feels like he needs to do it more or rougher or harder or whatever that might be. And in fact, I've, I've tried telling him, you know, like when you can tell that I'm enjoying it, don't change what you're doing. Keep doing exactly what you're doing. And I just feel like he's being able to understand that or he's just trying to like almost get me further by doing the same thing that I look like I'm enjoying, but doing it harder. And then he also gets super, super aroused, obviously, when he sees me enjoying that, and then he's done and it's done. And it's like, I might not be done. Um, And so I'm kind of looking for tips on how we can fix that. And then also one other thing that I wanted to mention is, I know that he gets bored because it seems like we're doing the same position every time and the same thing every time, you know, he needs to... You know, it's kind of a foreplay thing, getting me going, and then he gets on top, he finishes, and then I get on top, and I'm able to finish um, after he's finished. But we recently tried, you know, mixing it up and me starting on top, and so he finished, and then I, at that point, I'm not able to finish because it's like he just says it tickles, and he starts laughing and moving, and I can't, you know, so I'm almost at climax, and then he can't take it because it starts tickling him and I, you know, I, I'm stuck. <laughs> so 
So um, I would really appreciate any insights that you might be able to give. Thanks. So to help out with this, the answer to this question, uh, I've, I've reached out to a colleague friend of mine, Jessa Zimmerman, who's been on the show before. So Jessa, it's good to see you again. You too. And I'm glad you can help come in and give us a second opinion. And, and let's, let's together just dive in and help out this caller from Sexy Marriage Radio Nation. So what jumps out to you? I'll let you kind of start. Okay. Well, the, the first thing that jumps out to me is I would want to know from her what, how she reads her husband in terms of his motivation. Because on the one hand, I could hear a story like this and think, oh, they're just struggling to communicate clearly. They don't understand or, you know, and on the other hand, it really is possible that we've got somebody who's sort of sabotaging her pleasure. I, I mean, I hate to say that, but it happens. <laughs> so is there any way that this is hostile? Is this from, any, any, You're talking about coming from him, not from her. Yeah, okay. yeah, from him. I mean, I guess I'd always entertain the idea from the other partner as well. But, you know, somebody who's been told, hey, this is what I need to get there. And then they don't do it, especially repeatedly. I do have to wonder. What's is, the motivation some, behind it all? What's going on underneath it? Right. Is he pissed off about something else or is there some other issue? Okay. So, um, so because that really does happen. And I, you know, yes, I, it does. It, right. And so, I'm glad that you go there because that's the dark side that we don't like to talk about. I in, know. In couples know. and in marriage is that we have components of us. And I think even the best of marriages have semblances of this. And then as yeah. you go through the variety of people out there, you can have it to where it's even more severe. Yeah. Is, is br- yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And some, you know, sometimes it's a, it's just sort of a dark person or a mean person, but sometimes it's a result of other relationship stresses that they have and somebody's resentful and kind of pissed off for, you know, for maybe good reasons. Mm-hmm. And it's playing out that way in the bedroom, okay. you know, but like, you know, you and I have both trained with David Snarsh, right? He talks about his phrase of normal marital sadism. Oh, yes. I mean, it really is possible yes, to enjoy is. being mean to each other. So, but let's take that off the table. Let's okay. just, let's say that's not what's happening. Let's go. Um, so I think on the one, I mean, I guess they need some more communication because I think it's a common phenomenon for us in sex to imagine that the other person reacts like we do. And I think especially for men, potentially with a female partner, I think it is a generalization men as they get aroused go faster and harder mm-hmm. and they drive towards an orgasm more and it's it's all on that that's you're you're on okay. you're on point with that yes yeah yeah and that's generally not how women work okay now you know everybody's unique too but for a lot of women that's exactly when you either don't change or you slow down <laughs> and i just think it's hard for guys to wrap their mind around that they don't you know what I mean we don't just grab and go it is know? absolutely take the bull by the horn come on and let's right, just go right. Okay. And that's not how it works. And and uh, Paul Joannides put out a wonderful little video called The Clitoris, and he addresses it in there. So that would be a great resource for listeners um, okay. because he says, yeah, you don't change at that point, you know? Yeah, because that's the one thing that jumps out to me. Uh, it, well, there's several that do, just like with you uh, from listening to her, but it's it's the idea of the importance of rhythm for a woman, yeah, it seems to just really be paramount, especially when you you get higher up the arousal scale to the point right. of climax. That there is a there is an incredible importance to you got to have a rhythm and a consistency in some regards to keep that cultivating and and then stoke it even more. Right when, when variety doesn't it doesn't play in real well a lot of times. Right, right. And I also know that for some women, and again, this is sort of generalizations, but women may not want to go in a linear 
let's start and drive towards a finish. Sometimes women need a little easing off and then picking up and right. easing off and picking up. And so the communication with your partner, whether it's female or male or anything else, you know, it's just so crucial to really tune in to what they are telling you yes. about what they need, because it's my belief that we are each responsible for our own pleasure. Right. It's not our partner's job to know what to do and magically deliver it, right. but it is the job to listen. Like we have to enlist yes. them at our pleasure and then they need to be, you know, paying attention to <laughs> the information we're giving them. And that's, that's my other point that jumps out is because she, she's talked about this before. She says, she says, I've, right. I've mentioned it to him that when you see I'm into it and you see that everything's going and unfolding beautifully, don't stop. Don't change that up. Don't go harder. So my question that jumps to me, tell me if this does with you, is what is it that makes her think that because she says that out of the moment, he's picking, he's not picking it up in the moment. So why not try to say it in the moment? Yeah. Yeah. That is a really good question. Like, does she just let that happen and then keep her mouth zipped at that point? Or she's saying, whoa, whoa, remember, slow, right. slow back down because he, you know, our, our lovers may need that kind of coaching, like yes. in the moment, what do we need right now? And I, so. I kind of like the idea of as a man being very upfront about that. You know, I said, do not go that way, go back to where you, you know, it's almost very directive <laughs> yeah, that it's yeah. just, a, it's, there's no misinterpretation or there's less possibilities right. of misinterpretation yeah. and just be very, very clear and blunt about it. Yeah. And I I also think it's one thing to hear the words, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Don't go rougher or harder. And it's another thing to sync that up with our brain with what are our hands or mouth or whatever actually doing. Right. Um, And so to get that feedback in the moment where you can implement it, you know, and feedback and implement and feedback and implement. Oh, this is what you mean by slow. Like I didn't, I never really put that together, right? The words aren't enough. We have to tie that up with what we're doing. Right. Cause there is a component of us as men you were talking about that I'm trying to own and represent that uh, we will (laughs) fall into the, the work, what works last time, the kind of get caught in, this is the way I work. So obviously that's the way you should work. That there is an importance to being able to um, connect and, and, and put those things together, even in including your own hands into the situation with his right. Right. to help kind of, you know, show, model, teach, move, you know, whatever it could be. Just there's a lot of different ways to communicate that. Yeah. 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 And well, here's another. OK, so now I'm having another thought, because combined with her second question, I, I kept picturing hands in this. But but now I'm thinking maybe this is in penetrative sex. Maybe what he's doing is he's getting excited enough that he's going harder and faster because all of a sudden he switches. Because the goal's, the goal's not about her, it's her. Moment. It's him. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. So maybe it's not even about hands. Maybe his pleasure is, you know, they're right Good at point. a moment of whose yeah. <laughs> who's pleasure gets prioritized <laughs> yeah. right here. Exactly. That's and true. And so even though she said, keep doing what you're doing, he may be being swept up into his own sort of arousal pattern and stuff like that. Which is a common thing among couples is we kind of reach that point of a tunnel vision <laughs> to, yeah, to, yeah, to finish yeah. the task at hand right. possibly, um, which is also sounds like it's fun because we're kind of going back and forth between the two different questions she's asking. Because right. it also sounds like he can get caught up in she's got a lot of pleasure. And so he's wanting to, to drive it, drive it home. And that's why he yeah. speeds it up, gets rougher or whatever because that might be what works for him is what you alluded to at the very beginning. Yeah. He may be at that point, maybe at that point, trying to drive it home for him. Yes. You know, he gets, she's turned on, it really turns him on. It's like, okay, I'm going for orgasm. Right. And it's been 
apparently difficult for him to rein that in yes. and slow down and, you know, and, and, wait. and also then to pick up, which is her last question that w- you can do more things than just penetrative sex or an erect penis to bring pleasure to a woman. Well, yeah, but it almost, it, I mean, it sounds to me a little bit like she might need that reminder too. Cause okay. it sounds like, you know, he finishes and then I can't, and it doesn't sound like she's saying, wait, wait, there's other stuff we could be doing or other ways I could get to orgasm. Right. I mean, if she's one of those, you know, um, the minority of women that orgasm through penetrative sex. Yeah. I mean, cool. But maybe that's meant she hasn't gotten to explore all the other ways that someone might reach an orgasm. Yeah. She hasn't right? broadened her own repertoire of, of that. Okay. Right. Cause that's the thing I love telling people, especially husbands is that, um, if sex, sex is more than just a, an erect penis, yeah. especially for a woman, you know, sex is the entirety of the experience together. Mm-hmm. And so if you've already climaxed and your refractory period makes you either overly sensitized, which is a pretty common occurrence in a lot of men. Right. Um, I love it. Cause in the pre-show you were talking about, there's other areas of your body that won't be as sensitive that you can <laughs> still do true. stuff with, uh, <laughs> for her benefit and her pleasure. Which, yes. which then sometimes is a rewriting of his own scripts of, wait, I can keep going. You know, your fingers still work. Your legs still work. Your your tongue still works. Your body right. still works. Just not all of it yet. So Yeah, the vibrator still works, right? Like it could be any number of things. And it, But it did sound to me in her question like they both might have bought into the script a little bit. Okay. That while they want to shake up sex, the, the conversation was sort of about positions. Right. Not so much about, wait, what else, what other kind of pleasure can we share? What are the other ways we might reach an orgasm if we want one? And, you know, how does this not culminate in intercourse? And then, this, you know, like that doesn't have to be the end. Even right. There's I, orgasm there. I so. like that. So it's we want to shake up sex and they go into the world of just positions rather than shaking up sex can be the whole experience. Our right. whole script, right. our whole preconceived notions of what makes this happen and what makes it good. And how do we know when we're done? Yeah. 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 And even, so even if that's not, I mean, I, I thought I was hearing that in her wording, but even if yeah. that's not true for them, it's going to be true for other listeners. Right. But, <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, it will is, be. And, and there's just so many, there's so many issues with making sex about doing particular things with particular body parts or having particular outcomes because we don't, those are not always possible no. for us. No, they're you not. You know, we get older, there's disease. I mean, all kinds of things can happen. Mm-hmm. So it's really beneficial to broaden the menu and the, and the sort of expand the idea of what is sex. Yes. So there's always room to play, you know? Absolutely. Cause that's, and that's the, the beauty of confronting self and your system better of, of broadening what's, what's the answers and what are the possibilities right. of these answers rather than what the, rather than what they've always been. How do I start right. to shift them to where, what they could be? Yeah. That's yeah. great. So Jessa, thank you so much. I, I think, I think that your, your, your take on this is spot on and I love the, the things you're picking up on that I, that I've, I'm not even seeing. So well, well done. <laughs> so uh, just for the Sexy Marriage Radio Nation's opportunity to know more about you and find you, tell them, tell them where they can find you and, and why they should. Let's go there too. <laughs> why they should. <laughs> uh, well, they can find me at sexwithoutstress.com. Uh, and why they should, because they're probably not in Seattle where they could come see me as a therapist, right? But <laughs> they might be interested in my book by that name. Yes. Where I I'm trying to take on the sexual avoidance cycle that couples get into 
And then I have an online course based on that. And I host the Better Sex Podcast, as you know, because yes, you've been you do. a guest on that. And it's so worth those checking. Those are all the reasons. Yes. It's worth, it's worth checking out everything that Jess to do. I, I wholeheartedly endorse and recommend because it is, it is stuff that helps address what, what couples face and it, and it does it in practical, you know, honest, straightforward area, uh, ways, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're, we're very alike in a lot of <laughs> yeah, ways, <we> are. <laughs> but it's also one to hear from a different voice is, is totally beneficial. So yeah. Go check it out. Jessa, thank you so much for joining us for this segment. You're welcome. So I like it when we have the opportunity to hear other voices. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Especially when they're so in line mm-hmm. with with what we do and how we think of life. And I mean, because Jessa is Schnarchian too. That's a phrase we're coining. <laughs> I don't right. know if it actually if that's and a Corey real word. And Corey just gets giddy around Schnarchians. I do. We're, we all drink the same Kool-Aid yeah. to varying degrees, but the viewpoint is so great when you can hear it from a slightly different perspective because that's the power of the synergy of marriage yeah, and the synergy of relationships where we're not always clones and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And so when you think of your married life and the things that drive you crazy about your spouse... What could that be revealing that could be a really good thing, actually? Yeah. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. We're so glad to the Sexy Marriage Radio Nation that you take time out of your day and however you choose to find us and that you spend it with us. So anything we left undone that you would like to hear more of or a question you've got, 214-702-9565. We'd love to hear you. 